Chapter Fourteen of Half Past Bedtime. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Half Past Bedtime by Henry Howard Bashford. Chapter Fourteen: The Christmas Tree. The worst of discovering anybody like Fat Bill at the beginning of the summer holidays is that it makes the rest of the holidays seem a little dull and that was just what cuthbert and doris felt so they were really rather glad when the winter term at school began and so were gwendolen and marian who hadn't been to school since the spring it was an important term too for they were all moved up and marian had to buy her first hockey stick and doris and gwendolen began to learn latin and cuthbert's homework became really unbearable but he managed to survive and they were all so busy that the term was over almost before it had begun and here was christmas close at hand again and everybody rushing about buying presents as for cuthbert and marian they had so much to do in the three or four days before christmas that they were half afraid they would never be able to do it because on christmas eve they were going to have a party it was to be rather a special party because neither cuthbert nor marian had been able that year to have a birthday party and all the people that they had invited had sent replies saying that they were coming old miss hubbard was coming and so was uncle joe and mr parker was coming with him and doris's mummy was coming with doris and her five brothers and beardy ned was bringing little liz then there was gwendolen of course who was coming too with her aunt and captain jeremy and lancelot and mrs robertson were bringing pepita and percy the gamekeeper's son was bringing agnes just at the last minute too they had a letter from the blind painter saying that he was bringing lord barrington and mr and mrs williams were coming and so was mummy's nurney and so was edward goldsmith goodness knows said mummy where we shall put them all i hope they won't mind sitting on the floor but cuthbert and marian said that it would be all right and that they would have the christmas tree in the hall then we can have the doors open said cuthbert and people can sit on the stairs and marian and i will make the paper festoons so mummy and mummy's nurney and the cook spent hours and hours making cakes and pastries and just as it seemed as if they would never be ready they suddenly found that there was nothing to do except to keep a look out for old jacob parsley who came every year selling christmas trees that was on the morning of the twenty-third of december with a fine rain falling outside and as they sat at the window both cuthbert and marian felt a little stale and out of temper in spite of all the excitements of the term and the preparations for the party it suddenly seemed to them a very long time since they had a real proper adventure i shouldn't be surprised said marian if we never have another perhaps we shan't said cuthbert but it'll be an awful bore and then at that very moment they heard a familiar voice and there was jacob parsley in the street below where he came from nobody knew but every year on the twenty-third of december he limped into town with his old white horse and a ramshackle cart full of christmas trees there they were year after year shining and crisp and neatly potted 
and people used to say that he had dug them up at night from rich men's plantations in other parts of the country as for himself he was a red-faced old man with a stubbly gray beard and a scar on his chin and a pair of bright eyes that used to work separately so that nobody could tell which he was looking with christmas trees he would shout all in per hearts all in per hearts christmas trees and whenever he sold one he would spit in the road and wish the buyer the compliments of the season also if there were any change he would generally try to keep it to buy some cough mixture he would explain for his bronchial tubes and most people let him because they were afraid that he would slew one of his eyes round and pierce their hearts with a reproachful glance but to-day for the first time his cart seemed empty though he was still shouting and when they ran downstairs and opened the front door they saw that they had only one tree left it was a queer little tree with silvery gray leaves and that was the reason he said why nobody had bought it all the others had sold at once almost as soon as he had entered the town wish i'd add more he said but this here tree it ain't folks notion of a christmas tree not but what it ain't a good tree though it's a little lun and the feller i bought it off a queer sort of feller he stood looking at it or as nearly looking at it as he ever seemed to look at anything and then he coughed for rather a long time and hit himself on the chest and wished them a happy christmas it's this here rain he said it gets into the bronchial tubes five shillings that's all i ask for it and it's a good tree you can take my word for it and them as buys it won't regret it cuthbert and marian touched its leaves just behind them stood their guardian angels even more intently than cuthbert and marian they bent their gaze on the little tree but what kind of a tree is it asked cuthbert jacob spat in the road well they tell me he said as it's a olive and they tell me as it's the seedling of the great-great-grandson of the first christmas tree of all he spat in the road again i off the very tree he said as held love's innocence atween two thieves i like the leaves of it said marian it's got wonderful leaves the two angels drew a little closer the old horse began to shake his blinkers so they bought the tree and carried it indoors round the pot they bound some scarlet paper and round the paper they twined a wreath of holly and they placed the tree on a little table near the foot of the stairs in the front hall said cuthbert's angel this is a queer go marian's angel smiled as he lit his evening pipe and they were just grumbling he said because they never had any adventures what do you suppose will happen when the guests have assembled but cuthbert's angel shook his head that's hard to tell he said there's no precedent not since the great day has a tree of that line ever been used as a children's christmas tree the rain had stopped by then and the moon was shining and soon after midnight the thermometer fell a hoar-frost crept over the rooftops the sun's rim rose out of a well of vapor at eleven o'clock 
cuthbert went to play football and marian and doris went to see gwendolen the sun had climbed free by then but the wind was in the north and as the day went on the frost deepened during the afternoon the children went to some friends houses to borrow chairs for the party when they came back mummy was stooping over the christmas tree fixing candles to its slender twigs in her eyes there was a curious look cuthbert kissed her and asked her what was the matter nothing said mummy but wouldn't it be wonderful if what jacob said about this tree were true marian bent her lips to one of the leaves i believe it is she said it makes me feel funny old mother hubbard was the first guest to come and she brought a hamper with her full of presents some of them were new but some of them were trinkets that she had kept ever since she was a girl and now i want to give them away she said because for fifty years i have never known what giving was like soon after that came uncle joe driving in his little pony cart with mr parker and mr parker took the pony cart to the stables at the end of the street uncle joe was wearing an overcoat with poacher's pockets in its lining and the pockets were bulging with middling-sized parcels to be placed on the floor round the christmas tree then came captain jeremy and gwendolen and gwendolen's aunt with the frosty air still in their faces and lancelot and mrs robertson brought pepita well wrapped up and a little shy then a great car hummed down the street bringing lord barrington and the blind painter with mr and mrs williams in their sunday clothes and a big round cheese that they had brought for a present percy their son and his sweetheart agnes were the next to knock at the front door and they had hardly stepped inside before doris and her mummy arrived with five boys then came edward looking very smart with a hothouse flower in his buttonhole and the last to appear was beardy ned as shabby as usual with liz on his shoulder most of the others were having tea by now round the dining table or in the drawing-room or sitting on the stairs or standing in the hall or leaning against the banisters and there in the middle of them still unlit and waiting till the feasting should be over stood the little olive tree hushed and inconspicuous with a scarlet paper round its pot mr parker came back from the stables rough weather he said in the baltic that's a rum-looking tree you've got for a christmas tree and the blind painter heard him and turned round where is it he asked will you take me to it and marian led him to the little table he bent his head for a moment and there crept into his eyes the same odd look that marian had seen in mummies said cuthbert's angel he's beginning to hear something what do you suppose will happen when they have lit the candles but marian's angel shook his head the others will hear nothing he said but will they see said doris's angel can they see and live look said gwendolen's angel they're lighting the candles and it was just at that moment that a young man shabbier even than beardy ned turned into peter street but for his presence the street was empty 
doris's angel was the first to see him he lifted his head and spoke a name and slowly the others filed out after him down the front steps and along the pavement they made a lane of angels but the door was shut and deep in their hearts was the dreadful fear that it mightn't be opened then uncle joe struck another match and lit the last candle on the tree and marian's daddy picked up one of the parcels and turned it over to find the name on it smiling in her chair old miss hubbard envied the luckier women who had had children half in shadow between marian and gwendolen stood lord barrington with his hawk-like face there came a knock at the front door cuthbert who was nearest to it turned and opened it he saw a young man in shabby clothes and there was no beauty in him that he should desire him he stood there smiling in the outside darkness may i come in he asked and cuthbert changed his mind everything beautiful that he had ever seen shone into his heart from the young man's eyes yes rather said cuthbert we're having a party his eyes sought his mother's mummy here's somebody else everybody turned round as the young man entered the candles on the olive tree shed their light upon him all but the blind painter looked into his eyes each saw the thing in them that he wanted most marian and gwendolen and cuthbert and doris not wanting anything in particular only saw vaguely all that they hoped to be when they should have become grown-up men and women so did edward and so did pepita but christopher mark saw a celestial rabbit and percy and agnes holding each other's hand saw the darlingest of babies what beardy ned saw you can guess and what lord barrington saw was truth and the blind painter heard the angel singing the song that explains every other song then the young man stooped for a moment over the little olive tree make them happy he said and then he was gone and though nobody saw them of course the guardian angels came and stood again in their accustomed places marian turned impulsively to lord barrington oh who was he she said tell me his name lord barrington kissed her the loveliest present he said that ever hung upon a tree End of chapter 14 The Christmas Tree End of Half Past Bedtime by Henry Howarth Bashford Read by Ina Dabisher, Auckland, New Zealand